Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. I used to work at the San Jose Mercury News years ago, and it was an honor to work alongside John Wilner. He, he is such a good reporter, such a good writer. All over the Pac-12 conference. We have him on this show all the time. And he's joining us now, live via satellite. Where are you today? Where, where is John Wilner today? Uh, I'm sitting at home today. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, you, you, you know, can... when you say the thing, the thing about this, your San Jose Mercury Houston is you, you for, always forget to mention that you were only at the Merc for six days, right? <laughs> uh, before yeah. you went on to bigger... Yeah. Better and better things. That's what it probably felt like, you know. <laughs> it it felt, uh, you know, to me it was interesting because I had I had part of a baseball season, MLB baseball season, and then I had an NFL season, and uh, you know the Niners and Raiders were interesting. Like Bill Walsh was on his way out, and you know, everybody's wondering what would happen to the Raiders when Al Davis died, and and then yeah, I and then you know I I came up to the state of Oregon, and you know you and I have. I, I still consider you a coworker. Is that is that weird? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, and you know, and, and certainly we, we see each other and talk to each other enough. It, it it feels. I mean, I see you more than I see most of the people I work with at the Monday News. I know. And and I and it's funny because you and I will communicate on things that I'm writing, things that you're writing, just like we're coworkers. Because, and I think it works because I think you know we're. We're working in tandem to cover this conference, and I and I appreciate your your expertise and your work. So, keep doing what and you as, do, man. As do I. As do I with you. Okay, let's have a serious conversation now. Okay, enough Jimmy jacking around. The the Big Twelve Conference is going to hire a commissioner who is sort of cut from the George Klyovkov mold. They're going after uh, you know the guy that was with uh, Jay Z's Rock Nation, Brett Yormark. He's the chief operating officer there. He's an outsider to college athletics, but it feels to me like they're looking at Klyovkov and going, "We'd like one of those." I agree. I think Klyovkov's success, you know, he's been well received both in the conference and nationally. Uh, he hasn't appeared like he's an outsider, right? And I think the fact that he's been successful kind of it gave the Big 12, emboldened the Big 12 a little bit to, to follow the same mm-hmm. path, right? Because the skill set needed to run a college conference right now, especially the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, a little bit different than it used to be. And the other piece to this is that the executive search firm that worked with the Pac-12 on its commissioner hunt is the same search firm, Turnkey, that is working with the Big 12. So they they feel like they got it right with the Pac-12 going outside the box, so they're willing to go outside the box with their advice to the Big 12. Let me ask you this. Have you and I been too easy on Klyovkov? Because Larry Scott was such a drag. I, I wonder if we're giving Klyovkov too wide a berth. Or what do you think about that? Have we been soft on him? 
I mean, I've thought about that just in my own coverage. Uh, but I think, you know, there is such a huge improvement in the internal workings of the conference, right? Not necessarily the stuff that the public sees, but the way the conference the conference office is working with the campuses. Mm-hmm. The improvement in trust, collaboration, transparency, you know, those things are not, you know, headline making and, and most bands don't even care. But those are they're all really important for the conference to function effectively. And for many, for a long time, I don't know exactly how many years, but a long time, it was kind of dysfunctional. So I, I give him a lot of credit for that aspect of it. The, the external, the front-facing stuff, you know, an honest assessment would be he hasn't really, you know, not for any fault of his own, but two big issues, the biggest issue for sure, he still has to tackle. And that's when we'll be able to make, I think, a better judgment once, once the media rights deal is done, then you can make a you know a more complete assessment of his tenure. Yeah, I think you're right, and I and I said off the top of the show today, like it's it's been a goodwill tour for him, and and the conference needed that, like they needed some needed wins, it. like the ads needed to feel like they were loved again, like you know they'd been alienated and left out, and oh for sure, well yeah. and plus plus, and I'm just speaking for myself here as a reporter, I'm not speaking for other media members. When I talk to him. I don't feel like I'm getting told that the sun is rising in the West because that's what you happened for many years when you're seeing something and then you're told by the commission, no, 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 it's something else. You constantly feel like you're getting spun. And, and now I just feel like somebody's telling me straight, right? I think that a part of his appeal is he's willing to admit that the conference is, is not performing great in some areas that the Pac-12 networks, are a disaster on the distribution front, right? I mean, that, that candor, I think, has helped him, you know, uh, build trust with the schools, but also uh, his public appeal. You got a chance to do a Q&A with him. His anniversary is coming up here in like three days, uh, one year on the job. It'll be Friday. It'll be the official anniversary. But one of the things that came up in my talk with him was, I asked him about MLS and the deal with Apple TV. I asked him, you know, could the Pac-12 network end up on Apple TV? He said they are a potential bidder for those rights, that the Tier 1 rights, the major games, would probably end up on linear TV on a big network, but the Pac-12 network could end up on Apple TV. Would that be a win for the network to survive and end up somewhere where it's available to those who want it? Um, well, I guess it, I would say it depends. I don't know. I don't know enough about Apple TV to say right now it would be a win if Pac-12 football games are on Apple TV. I'm not sure that it, that's the right platform. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe in two years it will be. But at this point, I think, yeah, the Pac-12 networks are going to survive. Maybe, you know, of the Olympic sports are going to be on the Pac-12 networks, and it's going to be a streaming service, Right. To me, the question is, where's the football and, and the men's basketball, right? Is that going to be on Apple TV, uh, you know, just Pac-12 networks distributed by Apple, or is all the football going to be on ESPN, Fox, Turner, CBS, you know, the more traditional players? Because I think they have got to make sure that football is visible, is 
you know, is seen, right? Yeah. I don't know. Apple TV, to me, I don't, I don't know that the recruits and the people who dictate where the talent is going are going to watch Pac-12 football on Apple TV. No, I think you're right. And I think what could happen is all the football games go to a traditional provider, and then it, for the Olympic sports or the studio shows, the, you know, the, the, you know, the Saturday night or, you know, Pac-12 after dark stuff uh, that could still end up on Apple TV or or somewhere else uh, along those lines. Um, let's pivot a little bit and talk about Washington for a minute. Kalen DeBoer kind of flew under the radar, and his hire came around the time USC brought in Lincoln Riley, and that took up all the oxygen in the room. Washington fans, I think, uh, got real quiet for a while. They suddenly started talking again. Seems to have some recruiting momentum. Uh, what's going on with Kalen DeBoer? I mean, it's easy for them to start talking, right? Montana's not on the schedule this year. Um, I would say that I will not, by the way, I will not make that comment when I'm on with Softy uh, in, in a little while. Oh, come on. Um, come on. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can. So I think that the big thing, they got a I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pin it on you. Uh, I think that it really changed for Washington recruiting-wise. What was it, three or four weeks ago, they got a commitment from a four-star receiver, Rashid Williams, from the Bay Area. And that was kind of a breakthrough guy. And since then, they, they really have gotten some momentum. And now they got a you know an elite edge rusher from Texas. Uh, so they do seem to finally have some momentum. I don't know how much of that is connected to any kind of change in their NIL approach, uh, anything that's going on with their donors. I haven't looked into it, but it's clearly the Huskies have got some momentum on the recruiting trail for the first time, I don't know, in probably two years, two, three years. And the fact is that DeBoer is almost getting a break because he's not, there's no games, right? So yeah. they don't have anything to judge him poorly against on the field. So he's able to build some momentum and some goodwill with this recruiting. Is it possible they don't play Utah, they don't play USC? Let's say they're a little better than everybody expects them to be. How good is that? Like, what's the upside in year one for Washington? I mean, I think upside. Maybe they can beat Michigan State, and you know, in nine and three, to me, top end for the Huskies is probably nine and three. They beat Michigan State. They get good quarterback play, probably from Michael Penix, the Indiana transfer. You know, and they go say they're seven and two something like that in conference, and they end up 9-3. But they could also be 5-7, and seven, right? They, I think there's a pretty big range for them, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it has to do with, with their quarterback play. It, they were – they weren't as – their talent level was better than it showed last year because they were so poorly coached, especially in offense. Yeah, I think the, the fall of Jimmy Lake – was uh, was you know I think a lot of Washington fans saw it, the program stalled in the time after that. We're talking to John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News, covers the Pac-12 conference. Uh, Jake Dickert, the coach at Washington State. Uh, I asked him last week. I said Cameron Ward. I keep hearing everybody talking about Cam Ward, how good he is. He told me he said great feet, gets rid of the ball quickly. Uh, if we can keep him upright, uh, we got a chance. They <laughs> yeah. they have questions well, on I mean, the offensive line. But yes. how, how good could they be? Could could they be a sleeper? I picked them to finish second in the North. Uh, I mean, the thing is, are they a sleeper? Because 
they were they were one game out this past season, right? I mean, if Oregon State had beaten the Ducks, if I'm remembering correctly, Washington State would have won the North. So, uh, you know, I don't know that you can consider them a sleeper because of last season they were pretty darn good under incredibly difficult circumstances. So I got them right now. I got them second. Like if you're thinking about it as a North-South deal, I've, I've picked them second in the North. Um, and, and I think Ward could be really, really good. There's a lot of teams, you know, that, that their fortunes kind of rest on their offensive, questionable offensive lines, keeping their quarterbacks upright. You wrote about talking with George Klyovkov about the conference schedule models. Um, there will be a, a de-emphasis, I guess, on division opponents. But what, do, what should we expect to see when they unveil their new nine-game schedule model uh, at the uh, at their preseason media event uh, late ne- next month? Yeah, I think that we're not going to see any kind of schedule weight toward the div- division opponents. It's going to be like assessing it as one single 12-team uh, league. So here, let me flip it and ask you a question. Oregon fans, would they rather play Oregon State every year or Washington every year if they had to choose? I th- I think they need to play Oregon State, but I I think they also want to play Washington. I think those I think you have to give them those both of those games, don't you? And I, I don't I think, think you, you do, yeah. yeah. Because I think you have to keep the rivals in intact. And then I think so I think you have to play Washington and Oregon every year and you have to play uh you have to play Oregon State and Oregon every year and Washington's got to play Washington State every year, and so maybe you just you marry Washington State to Oregon State, and you say, okay, those four teams are going to play each yep. other every year. But you know, I, I'm sure they're running a bunch of different models. What else goes into the, figuring this out? Is you talk to Klyovkov? So that that's the that's the dilemma right there. Is how many guaranteed opponents do you have each year? You know, mm-hmm. annual opponents, and I don't think the Pac-12 can get away with just having one and have each team play their natural rival every year, and then rotate through the others. So to me, what makes the most sense, and I know they're, they're talking about this, is a, is a pod system. And you have the Northwest pod, the California pod, and the yeah. Four Corners pod. And that would allow three, three annual opponents, and then you've got eight teams rotating through those six slots. And I know that they're, they're thinking about that, and, and uh, Klyovkov told me that, they really are going to try to find a balance between the natural rivals, but also making sure that the players get to experience every opponent during their career. And right now, the way this whole thing is set up with the divisions and the California schools playing each other, you know, there are instances where, you know, players can be on the team for three or four years and, and not end up facing, facing a, an opponent from a different division. I also think if you play, if you, if you keep the pods intact, you know, you're throwing out divisions, but it allows you to cut down on travel too, because you, yep. you're you're staying regional at least in a couple of few instances. Oh yeah, I, it, that is that is big. The the regional there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits to having some kind of regional tie to to that schedule backbone. And the other thing that we can't forget is, you know, the presidents have got to approve this, uh, and. The California schools, if they dig in and four presidents are saying, we want to play, keep playing each other, the, the rest of the conference isn't going to be able to move off that, right? So they, they're going to, 
the pod system satisfies the four California schools and basically, you know, not that it would ever get to this, but prevents there being any kind of significant friction in the in the boardroom about the, the rotations, right? Because if they if the four dig in together, the, the league is stuck, right? They can't they, there's no way to maneuver around that if you need a super majority vote. Is Utah the lone hope for the playoff for the Pac twelve this year, or are there other candidates? How good will Bo Nix be? I think he'll be I'm gonna say B plus as a as a quarterback. B plus. I, I like I, I like his experience. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I don't think Bo Nix at B plus though will will lift Oregon, even though the defense is good, especially the front seven. I don't think that's good enough for Oregon to get to twelve and one. Do no. you? Because that's no. the thing. No, you have to start in reverse order. You're only getting in the playoff if you're thirteen and zero or twelve and one. That has been established for eight years, right? No two loss team has ever made it. Who is good enough? To go twelve and one or thirteen and zero when you count the conference championship game, I don't know. I don't think Utah is, but I think Utah has the best chance. I mean, and if Utah beats Florida, then then certainly the the, it, the prospects improve. But that's the way you got to look at it. Is anybody good enough to go twelve and one? And I don't really think that anybody is. No, I think Oregon's got eight or nine wins written all over. Yeah, I think that, I, I could think see so, Oregon yeah. at nine and three. I could see him at eight and four if they have a hiccup somewhere, because I think they're going to start zero and one with the Georgia game, and then you know you you have to be damn near perfect uh, from there out. I'll give you one that I think is a little bit of a sneaky. I think UCLA. Keep an eye on UCLA. Like with a, with DTR coming back at quarterback, Chip Kelly, maybe, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, certainly they'll have a nice padded record because they got three cupcakes on their yes. schedule. Since, yeah. you know Michigan bailed on them, so they they scheduled they scheduled white. Uh, but but yeah, no UCLA could they're they're in that group. Okay. UCLA, Washington State. You know, uh, to me, they're the next yeah. level. If you've got Oregon and Utah and USC, probably as your top tier, yeah. then that second level is probably Washington State and UCLA. I'm not sure anybody else is quite good enough to to get there. It feels like Utah or bust, and you know what? Uh, on that note, I know you got to go talk to Softy now, so I want you to uh, let him know that I said, whew, thank goodness they don't have to play Montana. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> All right. Take care, my Will friend. Will do. All right. All right. There's, I'll see you. Thanks. Bye. There's John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News. Anna's popping into the studio. I always feel smarter after I talk to Wilner. Leave it here. You got the BFT. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I've never been to Wimbledon. I got to admit, I was uh, I was watching uh, some of the highlights of uh, Harmony Tan's win over Serena Williams in the first round at Wimbledon. And... Uh, couple of things. One, Serena didn't look like Serena. Two, I was looking at the grass at Wimbledon and I was thinking to myself, like, how cool would it be to see a match there at center court? That would be a really cool thing to see. Watch a match at center court. 
Anna's popped into the studio. Anna, sporting events. And Judah, I want you to participate in this as well. Maybe Sean as well. Sporting event. What is the best live sporting event that appeals to you the most? And let me throw this out to the listeners as well. What live sporting event appeals to you the most? 503-417-7575. Anna, I'm going to throw this on you to start. Kick us off. I'm looking at the green grass at Wimbledon. Yeah. I'm watching Serena. You know, Serena, she had some moments. But she also had some moments where she was looked like she was on a comeback. Did you notice the tape on her face, by the way? She had some, like, KT tape on her face. I was so curious about that. I thought she was trying to intimidate. No. She looked like, you know, like, you know, in football, like a linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know. Yeah, eye black or whatever. Yeah. No, I actually Googled it because I was so curious about it. She says that her sinuses have been bothering her. Hmm. And so she uses KT tape on her face to yeah. try and help with the pain. It's kind of on her cheek. Yeah. Cheek area. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but it's it's got to be hard for her because she's so good. Yeah. Like her career, she's been so good. This is like, you know. Michael Jordan with the Wizards at the end of his career, mm-hmm. it was hard to watch. But he was still passable on certain nights, and he could still get it done. I think for, uh, you know, and, and Serena Williams should not sweat the fact that she was eliminated from this tournament. Like, there, there's there's going to be other opportunities for her to continue this comeback. But uh, she got beat in the first-round match. Now, what's your favorite sporting event? It's volleyball. <laughs> you would that- want to see. I love volleyball of all kinds. I, I think probably because... You want to see a bunch of people at a beer picnic play volleyball? That's your dream sporting event? That's fun to watch, too. <laughs> but I think because I played volleyball, so I probably understand it better. I mean, second to that is a baseball game. I just like the pace of a baseball mm-hmm. game, the atmosphere, a hot dog in my hand, and a beer. Um, but other than that, like indoor sport... Wise, I I love watching yeah. volleyball. I wouldn't do volleyball. I've watched enough volleyball I know. for a lifetime. <laughs> I would do. Uh, I would be out at a baseball game. I'd be at Wimbledon. It's going to be outdoors. It's going to be green grass. It's going to be sunny skies. Judah, where would you be? You want to go watch volleyball too? Yes, uh, I want to watch volleyball with Anna and John and just uh, have a good time. Maybe pickleball while we're at it. Um, <laughs> hard to beat the baseball atmosphere for me. An afternoon spent at Wrigley Field or another iconic ballpark. Could be a regular season. It doesn't even have to be an important game. But just speaking personally, hard to beat uh, that level of joy for me. Just chilling, watching Cubs, Cardinals at Wrigley or something like that. Now, if you wanted to spin it to like more iconic sporting event or more iconic venue. No, just a regular old event, but you yeah. got to, you know, I'm not going to volleyball. I don't know if Anna understood the question. That's <laughs> That would feed your soul to be in some gymnasium. I love watching, watching volleyball. volleyball. I love it. And maybe it's because I went to a school that didn't have a football team. And one of their best. Oh, that's a low blow. That was, is a low blow to the football players. At, baseball. Oh, you're talking not talking about high school. No, not talking <laughs> oh. about high school. I thought, about college. I thought you were talking about your high school no, struggle. We wow. had a football team. We just yeah. didn't win a game. All four that's years. That's what I thought. Gross. Was there. Gross. Uh, Shout out. Go but Broncos. You went to Pepperdine. I did, and so you like, went to one of those elite schools. I on scholarship, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I so we like Pepperdine had a fantastic baseball team. Like mm-hmm. it won the baseball World Series, I think, back to back. Yeah. 
Um, so baseball was big. Uh, men's water polo was well attended. And you like to watch so that was, one. So, so was men's volleyball. Man, I would have not been a big sports fan at your college. <laughs> okay, I went to uh, I went to uh, Chico State. Yeah, which is kind of like the Pepperdine of Chico. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the Pepperdine there. I was not on scholarship, but luckily it only cost nine hundred bucks a semester to attend when I was there. So uh-huh. I was kind of on scholarship, if you think about it in today's world. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. I want to hear from you. What's your dream sporting event? Judah and Anna have given us no help on this topic. Uh, Sean, I'm going to come to you momentarily. Uh, Mike is in a loa. Mike, save this segment, please. Okay. Well, I want to see professional football or professional, professional or not professional, but college football on a muddy field. <laughs> you want a yeah, you want a that, sloppy that's, game. That that's football. You know, when it snows in Green Bay, they plow the field. Well, why isn't the field muddy by the end of the game? Because it's frozen. It's like a popsicle. I know, but it's water, and there's cleats on the field. I've I've seen past games where Green Bay is playing Chicago on a uh, muddy football field. That's a low-scoring game because all they can do is run the ball. Yeah. I think they have had such advancements with the ground screws, mm-hmm. with stadiums, that they've taken a little bit of that um, variance out of the equation. Yeah. Like, I do remember, as the caller pointed out, I'm not sure he saved the segment, though. I, as the caller pointed <laughs> out, he wants to see a bunch of guys roll around in the mud. Okay? You want to see volleyball. Uh-huh. Judah How are we doing? is I saying why, a base. Why is mine a bad answer? The question was, what sporting event, like, Gives just, you the most pleasure, like a baseball no, no, game. Gives you I the didn't most say pleasure. pleasure. I said nothing about pleasure. I, I don't know what you heard. Pleasure in my head, and then you said best sporting event. Then you said dream sporting event. And yeah, what's your dream? You're changing the question. What's your dream? Like what's your dream. Your dream is Anna's dream is to be in a gymnasium. That guy wants to oh. see a bunch of guys rolling around in the mud. What? Uh, <laughs> Judah, what's your dream? I, okay, I'll say World Cup match. I'd love to go to a World Cup. Okay, match. I'll buy that. Yeah. At least you're outside. You go to Seattle and you can see a World Cup That's right. match. Sean, what what sporting event? <laughs> you better make it good. Yeah. Courtside NBA would be really cool, especially if there was like a marquee player in town, especially if it was a playoff basketball game. Okay. A Super Bowl, obviously, I'm not sure that one's been said yet, would be really cool because you get the music at halftime as well. Yeah. And then a personal <laughs> one for me would be uh, Olympic track and field. Okay, Olympic go. track and field is an acceptable answer. Everything else sucked. Uh, no, I think no. Here, I'm just gonna tell him the Super Bowl. I got news for you. Totally overdone. The fan, the real fans don't go to a Super Bowl. It's a bunch of corporate people who don't even know the names of the players. Uh, the game moves very slowly because of the long TV timeouts. Uh, the players are all tight and nervous before the game. Um, I think. I think the halftime show is better on TV than it is in person. You've seen one, Anna. I've seen nine of those halftime shows at the Super Bowl. I can tell you, like, I can't. I remember. I remember Prince. I remember the Rolling Stones. Or excuse me. It was Aerosmith, not the Rolling Stones. It was Aerosmith, but they had Paul McCartney or somebody out there. And then uh, I, that's it. No, you, you were know? you were there for uh, Timberlake, right? Yeah. You, all right. How do you not remember that one? It was okay. Timberlake and uh, who's her, who's her uh, face, I'll say. 
don't know who you're talking about. Janet Jackson. You're talking about Janet Jackson? Yeah, you were at that game. Remember you got locked out of Reliance Stadium, you said. Yeah, okay, okay. You, I was have, at to, that game. you have to remember that. Yeah, one. yeah. I, yeah, but I don't remember it because we didn't see it like you guys saw it at home. I didn't see it. I was gone. You know? Yeah. We, Close my eyes. And there to cover the damn game. But here, here's the other thing. Like, Sean, Sean's idea that, that the courtside basketball thing is not a bad idea. But he brought up something. He said, especially if there's a star player in town. Like if LeBron's there. Yeah. Gross. So what I'm getting at with this is <laughs> if I can transport you for a day to this dream sporting event, where do you want to be? Forget the people involved. Like, what do you want to see? And for me, it would be I'm at Wimbledon. I don't care if Serena's playing. I don't care who's on the who's playing. Like Judah could be playing against Sean at Wimbledon at center court. I'm at center <laughs> court and I'm watching great, great atmosphere, great place. I'm having a beer, or whatever you drink at Wimbledon. What do you drink at Wimbledon? <laughs> I don't know. Wine? It's not a mint and julep. Yeah. That's the derby. Oh, oh the derby's That's fun. Wine. That's fun. Good hats. <laughs> Good John, hats. Does Anna already have like derby hats in her closet right now? No. Or like if you guys Anna's went to, never, mm-hmm. I don't think Anna's been to the derby. You been to the derby? I've never been to the derby. You didn't get invited. I yeah, went to the Derby. Thanks. I went solo. Thanks. Yeah, you were, you uh, you stayed back. I'm gonna I tell drink you. I my mint julep at home. I think, I think the mint julep is a disgusting drink. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's yeah. it's cough syrup. Yeah. You know, nobody said, oh, I like to have some cough syrup today. No, nobody yeah. says that. So, so the, you're just gonna slay the Super Bowl. You're gonna slay the mint no, julep. I'm not slaying football. Yeah. Because if Sean had said, you know what, I want to see a game at Lambeau Field. Uh huh. I'm like. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. See a game at Lambeau Field. Too cold. All right. Monday Night Football, the uh, SoFi Stadium, Justin Herbert's playing. Uh Uh-huh. Pretty good. Okay. Wait, how come you said that? It's not about the athlete. Okay. Monday Night Football game. Monday Night Football game. He just changes it (laughs) all the time. Let's go to the phone line. Welcome to my world, everyone. Welcome I'm getting no help. This this, this began as what is the best sporting event to watch what sporting event do you would you most enjoy? I was no this started cuz I was looking at Serena playing at Wimbledon yeah and I said that looks pretty cool the yeah. grass the atmosphere I'd like to go to Wimbledon what gives you the most pleasure okay so listeners you got to save me from this gaggle of people here who are trying to hijack this segment Matt in Salem <laughs> what what would bring you joy Matt Either swimming or track and field at the Olympics. That's a that's an acceptable answer. Does it matter who's swimming? Or <laughs> no, he's at the Olympics. Or leaping? He's at the Olympics. <laughs> you only know him for two weeks during the Olympics. After that, you forget about him it's for another four years. Damn right. M- Matt in Salem, thank you. He gets it. Appreciate you. High IQ. I don't even need to give him a test. That guy's got a high IQ. <laughs> Declare it right now. <laughs> Good job, Matt. I, I guarantee you Matt's got a high IQ. He's a problem solver. <laughs> Let's go to Ben and Camus. Ben, what brings you joy? I would want to be at Augusta National on a Sunday watching the Masters final round, preferably with Tiger in contention. Okay. You were, uh, you're mostly right there, but yeah, you can add the tiger thing as flavoring. He's just basically, he's ordering butter on his popcorn. That's okay. <laughs> he's still saying he wants popcorn. That's what I'm getting at, because I feel like I would, like, I've been to a lot of places. I've been really lucky to go to all these sporting events and be a lot of different places, right? I've seen way more than 
I would ever have imagined I could have seen. Five Olympics, nine Super Bowls, World Series, Kentucky Derby, Belmont, you know, all this stuff. And so to me, I'm desensitized to some of this. What appeals to me is going somewhere I've never been, Wimbledon, the green grass, I'm outdoors, center court, who cares who's playing. I would do the same thing with Fenway, Wrigley, a variety of Major League Baseball ballparks. I would be, I'd love to be at a game today. I was going to say, where does the World Series rank in terms of the enjoyment that you've had covering these major sporting events? I, the thing about the World Series is you get a home crowd in yeah. every game. Right. So it's not a neutral site Super Bowl corporate crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, the tickets are expensive, but you have real fans that are inside the stadium. Yeah. Season ticket holders buy those seats, and, you know, the diehard fans will find their way in there. So I do love, like, a World Series, I think, to me, is better than a college football playoff championship game, unless your team is playing, or a Super Bowl, unless your team is playing. Because those other two events, they just feel like it could be anybody, anywhere. It's, you know, it's a tournament, you know, Mm -hmm. get in there, you know. But the same goes for the Olympics, the caller who said he'd want to go to swimming. You know, do I want to watch, like, youth swimming for four hours? No. <laughs> but if you give me, like, the greatest swimmers on planet Earth, you give me the greatest rhythmic gymnastic people on Earth, mm-hmm. I'll watch that. I've done that. Yeah. Handball. I've done it. You're watching somebody who is the best at what they do. Hmm. You know, it's like when you you got a hardwood flooring guy over at your house to give you a quote on something. Yeah. You watch him do his thing, and he, yeah. and he gets down. He's seeing things you wouldn't see. You're watching, like, you know, the greatest hardwood flooring person in the world. It's interesting. <laughs> you know, I could get into that. I see. I'm telling you, we're in traffic, Anna. We come upon those construction sites. Yeah. It's like an ODOT, bunch of ODOT workers. Uh-huh. Like eight of them are standing around and two of them are actually working. Yeah. I will always look at what they're doing. And sometimes they're doing something really difficult or interesting. And I'm like, you know what? That guy's like the Michael Jordan of ODOT workers <laughs> right there. And yeah. we're witnessing it. Yeah. All right. Do I have time for one more? I think I do. Let's see who we got. Sean's in Sandy. We got to meet Sean at Worlds of Sports. Wait, Sean, good. what's going on, man? Hey, John. I, I want to be at the All-Star Game in Seattle next year. Okay. I think that's a great, you know, I, there's a lot of great places to go to, you know, NASCAR, Daytona would be great. I don't think I want to be inside a building watching someone swim, smelling chlorine. Um, I think you're right. You want to be outside, yep. you know, eat, drink, be merry. Yep. Have like a great that. day, you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you. Eat, drink, be merry. Mm-hmm. See, captured it. Yep. You guys have, you have fun at your volleyball match. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it here. You got the bald face truth. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.